0: transformers chronicles the Marvel years hello and welcome back to transformers chronicles i'm delvin aka the dark web and in case you're new to the show welcome let me tell you what this thing is about we are going for a wild crazy ride chronicling the awesome wacky, and yes, sometime corny world of Marvel Comics, the Transformers. But I will never be going at it alone. Let's meet my chronicling companions. We will start with the founder of the Longbox Crusade, a somewhat novice to the Transformers world, the seeker of the matrix of knowledge. His name is Pat Sampson, DJ Cristados.
1: Hello, Pat. How are you doing this fine evening? Hi, Devin. I'm doing fine. I am looking for 20D batteries. Wow. I need 20 D batteries.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I'm ignoring the these nuts. Okay, I can't ignore it. Uh, but is there any other reason that you need 20 D
1: batteries? For my boombox. Mm. I got this cool boombox I just found here stashed in the basement. Yeah. And I want to get uh, some music going, you know. Um, and I got some little RC cars that I like to play around with. So I'm looking for some batteries. Well, I'll tell you what. Just... Don't forget to close that tape deck. That's all I'm saying.
0: That was almost like Saturday Night Mad Night Theater. And don't forget, you better close that tape deck. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Pat. We will move on to our Transformers expert. He is the lesser half of Mary watching cartoons. Whatever MWC you want to come up with, they have a podcast for it, I'm pretty sure. He's yeah. a provider of knowledge, Jonathan Schaefer. Hey. hi, the ho there, John. How are you? The Hello there,
2: Delvin. I am looking forward to this one. You know, I haven't read it yet, but I'm excited because <laughs> the Predacons are in it and I can't wait to see the Predacons finally get to triumph over someone because the last time they were in it, they got knocked right out. But I'm sure this time, victory will be theirs. Well, <laughs> I, I, I have read it.
0: <laughs> I, I, I know, but I, you tapped into, you know, a very well-used long boss crusade bit and bits are always smiled upon here never frowned upon so good job john we're gonna move on to our greater half of merry watching cartoons or mwc i need to just think of a random thing with mwc and then pretend that you guys have a podcast about it Married watching merry merry watching cats because that's true y'all y'all have a cat I, I just met gatsby said that's right all right anyway <laughs> she is Maggie Schaefer Hayes. How do you do, Maggie?
3: I'm good. I just waved to the microphone, so that's something. That's how my Monday's going.
0: <laughs> Sounds pretty good. I should put you on the spot and ask you to tell me something about how you transformed your life, but I didn't put the guys on the spot and ask them. So actually, like, oh, oh,
3: actually, I do have exciting news. Well, it's exciting to me. So this past summer, I met this gal who has. Long story. She has a horse and she's a very nice person and she is basically sharing her horse with me. And this upcoming summer, um, I'm going to compete in my very first ever dressage competition. Do y'all know so, what that is?
0: I have heard mm-hmm. the term, but okay. I don't know what dressage is. Go, get going.
3: Dressage is the, the fancy stuff that horses do with the people with like the black coats and the white pants and the horses kind of do the fancy footwork stuff. Um, I'm not gonna do anything like super fancy. All I have to do is walk and trot in a circle. <laughs> Two circles. Um, because of my history with a, a really bad accident w- involving a horse when I was 16. Um, what dressage is really all about is it's the foundations of riding. It's basically saying, like, can you ride a horse? And it's got its roots in, um, warfare, actually. Back in the old days in France, but now we kind of use it. Well, now it's a rich person's hobby, but but, uh, it, it really is really good for establishing a good foundational like practice of writing and how to sit right and how to do your transitions from walk, trot, canter and back down again correctly and smoothly, making sure everyone's calm and happy. So it's I think it's actually going to be very therapeutic and kind of rehabilitative. And I've never competed in anything like horse related, certainly in my life. Um, And she's just like, yeah, we'll get you signed up and we'll have you we'll have you compete. We'll probably do you three classes in May. And I'm like, oh, okay, Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Did
1: you say, whoa, whoa, hold your horses here? Whoa, whoa. I'm not ready for that. Pull
3: back on those reins a little bit. But no, I'm totally gung ho for it. I'm very excited for for May twenty first. It's gonna be it's gonna be a busy weekend. I'm gonna volunteer at the show as well. So I'm gonna like do my rides in the morning, and then the rest of the day I get to volunteer and help everybody else out with their competition stuff and run the show a little bit. Lots happen, actually.
2: And even though she referred to it as a rich person's hobby, don't get the wrong idea about us.
3: <laughs> I don't think anybody does. <laughs> Wait, no, no. This- I was I have like John
1: was wearing a monocle and a top hat.
3: Yeah, that's his <laughs> evening attire. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Tails and a coat, yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I got six months to practice and get myself into some better riding shape and practice the tests, and we'll see how it goes in May. Well,
0: hey, that was awesome news. Congratulations Thank on you. zero pun intended, honestly, getting back on the horse, because Thank you. a lot of people would just... Be paralyzed by their fear and never uh, like and go back to it again. So I mm-hmm. hope everything like turns up absolutely aces for you on that. Thank you. You are now. Let's talk about robots. Absolutely. <laughs> the purpose of this podcast will be tackling all of Marvel's Transformers comics in order, starting with issue one and working our way to the series end at issue 80, and we are getting close to halfway. We will answer any questions that are brought up to the best of our abilities and see how these books we loved as a kid hold up to our eyes as an adult now. This podcast is guaranteed to be, you guessed it, more than meets the eye. So Pat, John, Maggie, let's talk about a robot bat and some tiny toy cars right after this.
1: The Transformers will return after these messages.
2: Broadcasting from the back of a van.
1: What have we gotten into?
2: It's Radio Free Muncie. Three dudes talking about gaming and comics.
0: We're going to have some old school versus new school discussion.
2: All through the lens of the Knights of the Dinner Table comic strips. A layer of the gazebo, classic strip. So join us at anchor.fm slash
1: Radio Free Muncie. <laughs> We now return to the Transformers. Welcome back.
0: The issue we will be covering today is Transformers 37. And here is John with the cover description.
2: Grimlock is in the corner box in dino form per usual with a red background. The Transformers logo is orange with a slick metallic blue trim. And the more that meets the eye is in black. One of the captions promises us a suburban shootout, which we see here. The focus of the cover is one Buster Witwicky running for his life while wearing a green suit rolled up at the sleeves and brown pants. He is looking over his shoulder at his pursuers, the Predacons Headstrong Rampage and Dive Bomb, I think I'm going from memory as to which Predacons which, uh, who are nearly upon him and Razorclaw pursues from further away. In the bottom front are a bunch of Formula One car toys, apparently kicking up dust or blowing exhaust. Two things toy cars are known to do. Humans scatter and tear in all directions, and the storefronts shown give truth to the caption, Mayhem at the mall. Uh, this one's pretty neat. Uh, depicts an event from the comic. Uh, no comments on the event's context itself just now, but it sure does depict it. Uh, I like that the artist took the time to add storefronts to the background, even if it isn't fully colored, because it makes it clear that this is a mall and it gives a sense of a, a relatively cramped area. Uh, what do you folks think? I'll go first.
0: Why not? I like it. It's, I mean, the Predacons are just cool anyway. They are cool toys, and if they're drawn well, which Jose Delbo did a very good job of. And I see an A and G on my cover too. So I'm pretty sure that's Aiken and Garvey. Uh, I mean, it was drawn well. Like you might wonder what the heck are these toy cars? What is, what is that about? Like, I mean, th- those don't look like transformers and they look like they would be really, really small formula one drivers. So like, I wouldn't know what the heck that is, but like, it seems like this human being here, which we know to be Buster Witwicky, is in a lot of trouble. Uh, because he's been being chased by four robots, and I don't think any of the humans that are bystanders can help him. So my dude's in trouble. I, I like the cover; it, it conveys a lot. But
1: what do you think, Pat? I think it's a nice looking cover as well, too. I think it gives you that sense of of action, and there's something going on in here. And I really like the Predacons. I think they're really cool. You know, the, the more I see them, I'm like, yeah, these are really really cool, kind of sharp looking uh, characters. And I think those would be something I would want to have, you know, because they all they are combined together. Right. And make one big guy. Prada King. Prada Prada King. King. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I I remember that one. So I'm like, I think I want to get some of these guys might be for my Crusade next year. Maybe somebody can get me that. You cannot start on Crusade Miss Twenty (laughs) Twenty (laughs) Three.
0: We haven't gotten through Twenty Twenty Two yet, Pat. It
1: it worked for Jason a long time ago, so
0: (laughs) it it did. (laughs) Uh, Bad behavior has been rewarded often on Long Boss Crusade. Maggie, what what do you have to say about this cover?
3: So I do like the cover overall. Um, I actually thought briefly when I first looked at it that the Formula One drivers were like. How do I want to describe it? Like, like they, they looked miniaturized, but they weren't actually going to be so in the story. Like I thought somewhere in the story were going to be Formula One drivers for some reason. Um, so I was kind of keen on that, but I, I am, as we all know, a stickler for the covers, you know, depicting something that happens in the book. And I, I just, I have to point out that Buster's shirt is not the right color in the comic. His shirt is pink. And on this cover, it is clearly green. And this aggression will not stand.
2: You just brought up a color error and have summoned John to the room here. (laughs) (laughs) Color error, you say.
3: (laughs) I don't know. I don't think it was a color. I'm just being silly. I think
1: it probably goes back to the color wheel. And if only we had somebody that had a color wheel that could tell us. what. I mean, we do. It's, it's, It's Jared. But Jared
0: isn't on this show. In particular, we might have to get them on another.
2: Red and green offset each other nicely. The red, green, and blue do offset each other nicely.
3: Yeah, no, it's a very striking cover. I love the action on it. I like the Predacons, too. Um, I like this kind of like the the smoke from the little race cars in the foreground. Sort of make it look like a stampede is actually happening. Like dust getting kicked up, very Lion King kind of style. Um, you've got a couple bystanders that are freaking out and trying to, you know, get out of the way. I do kind of wonder though, because of the storefronts that we see along the sides, we only get an E D E L. And I just wanted, I mean, did anybody got any thoughts about what that might be? If anything?
0: I hadn't been to a mall in a while and I can't even think of something in the eighties that would start with E D E L.
3: Yeah. I wondered if it was like, um, you know, they'll sometimes like sneak in people's names you know, for like somebody who may have worked on it previously or someone, mm. you know, at Marvel or something like that. I don't know. I just wondered. E D E L.
2: I got nothing. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They, inside they have a they use a pastiche name for inside for Radio Shack. Yes, so I, do. it, I don't know if they would use even a real name anyway.
3: Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. But, so maybe it was just like some random letters. I don't know. I was just wondering. But yeah, no, I like the cover. I think it's pretty darn cool.
0: We have a lot of positivity about the cover. Let's uh yeah. Let's get to the ratings here. On Transformers Chronicles, we rate things on a scale of 1 to 10, like the tech specs of old. 1 being the lowest, 10 being the highest. We'll let Pat go first. Pat, what would you rate
1: the cover to Transformers 37? I'm going to give this an 8. Uh, it's pretty decent cover. Um, I like the line work that's done in here. The inking really makes things stand out as well, too. So And the color. So,
3: I'm at an 8. Nice.
1: Nice. Nice. Uh, Maggie, go for it. What would you rate to
3: go? I think I'm going to go one higher. I'm going to give it a nine. I really like it. I, do, I guess, you know, although at the same time, if I'm going to give it a nine, why not just give it a 10? Because I'm also kind of a sucker for um, an orange and blue combination. I really like that color combo. And I think the Transformers looks really slick along the top. And I like the action. So yeah, forget what I said. I'm going to give it a 10. Why not? I'm,
0: I'm absolutely... I'm absolutely on board with you liking orange and blue, by the yeah, way. it's a good combination, <laughs> I'm
3: telling you.
0: Yeah, it's great. John, what would you rate Transformers 37's cover? I think
2: I'm going to give it a 9. Uh, it is really, really good. I really like the expressions on the faces of the two Predacons that you see there. And I also like Razorclaw in the background, how they really do the scale properly like you know how big that he's as big as these so you get the sense about how far back he is and he just seems so menacing there it's like buster's got everything going and oh by the way here's here's razor claw and i mentioned it in the description this is an example of how a lot of other ones that i might have ranked mediocre would have been improved just by having background stuff in it Mm -hmm. because if this would have been like some of the the seemingly rush jobs we've seen before that didn't have it—if it was just no backgrounds, this wouldn't be anywhere near as good for me. Because, but but with it, with the backgrounds, it is—it just really conveys the cramped nature of where they are, and and it gives you a, a really good sense of what's going on, and uh, puts you in the in the mood, in the mind of what of the whole situation. So,
3: I think it almost looks like a movie poster.
2: Yeah, I you know, think you're right.
3: Like you yeah, look kind of like a little a cool movie poster sort of thing.
2: I know I, I really like the cover. I think yeah, it's so neat as heck. That's a nine for me, and I'm at an
0: eight. I think it's good. I think it's really good. The colors overall really stick out for me. Uh, not only like the logo goes with the Predacons, uh, and the Predacons are just they are cool, and they really do strike out. I mean, just and there's something about that juxtaposition of having. Like, even though they're rob- robots, they're robotic animals and they're animals rampaging through a mall, which is not something that you're going to see every day. So, I mean, it's something that will capture your attention just looking at a picture of It's something that will capture your attention if you were public viewing this live. So, like, a uh, very, very good cover, very intriguing. Uh, and uh, Jose Delbo did a very good job on it. And now, here is Pat. With the credits for the issue.
1: All right, we are covering Transformers thirty-seven. The on-sale date was October twenty-seventh, nineteen eighty-seven. Cover dated was February nineteen eighty-eight. Cover price is one dollar. Story is by Bob Budiansky. Pencils go to Jose Delbo. Inks Ian Aiken and Brian Garvey. Colors Nelson Yamtav. Letter goes to Bill Oakley. And editor is Don Daly cover credits go to jose double and this is all brought to you by mike's amazing world and TFWiki.net. back to you Dylan
0: thank you pat let's get to the synopsis it is a
1: world transformed where things are not what they seem it is the world of the transformers the transformers more than meets the eyes autobots wage their panel the 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 The
0: The title of this issue was Toy Soldiers. This story arc has taken some good twists and turns and some loose ends are starting to connect. Since most of the Autobots are, you know, not on planet Earth right now, the Decepticons are wreaking havoc. The III, Intelligence and Information Institute, keeps asking the captured Autobots about Decepticon plans because their boss, Forsythe, insists all robots are in cahoots like a military Jay Jonah. Walter Barnett thankfully comes to his senses and comes up with an ingenious plan to smuggle the Throttlebot's brains into his son's toy cars right out of the building. Goldbug asks Walter to find Buster Witwicky who can get them to the Ark. However, Walter and Buster have to stop by a mall to get some batteries for the toy cars slash throttle bots. And this is where Ratbat and the Predacons find them. After leaving a trail of wreckage behind them to get to this mall, by the way, Walter, Buster, and Goldbug barely escape and find their way to the Ark where there's nobody home, remember? The Autobots are in space chasing Blaster and the kids and Daisy the teddy bear. What Goldbug did manage to do is send a distress beacon out to Cybertron asking for help. And that's about all he got to do because Ratbat ambushes Buster and crushes Goldbug, man. So let's talk about the book. On Transformers Chronicles, we take turns bringing up something from the comics starting with, but not limited to, Goods and bads that everybody discusses. John said he had a lot of notes on this. Let's start with John and ask John what he has to talk about first. Ah, uh, well, this uh, issue did teach me
2: something. I was not aware that you you can abbreviate liquid oxygen as LOX. I've never seen it done that way, but Maggie Googled it after I was saying that's totally wrong and told me that's that. legit. I'm totally wrong. It's legit. So that's cool. I, I love like right off the bat. This um, lets you know the tone of the thing that we're about to be into. <laughs> You've got a, a, an army guy ordering the other way. goes, watch your aim. If just one bullet pierces this thing as he's unloading a submachine gun <laughs> towards it. <laughs> but... That's just the kind of wacky shenanigans we should get prepared for in this one.
3: Now, are you saying that submachine guns aren't known for their high accuracy? Is it kind of like (laughs) a spray and hope you hit something kind of a thing?
2: That and it's a lot of bullets in a short amount of time going towards there. And the accuracy is not as good as say a rifle. But I don't think anyone in their right mind would shoot anywhere. If someone is holding a thing of liquid oxygen... You're not going to shoot towards them well, especially if they're made of metal. What do they and have
3: liquid oxygen for in the first place? And why so much of it? There's a lot of liquid oxygen.
0: Well, it's a chemical storage facility. Yeah, so Oh, oxygen it there. is okay. It's,
3: it's of- also um a, apparently a, a form of brine salmon is lox. Yeah,
2: I saw lox and that's what I
0: thought you know, was salmon smoke, <laughs> like giant tubes of smoked salmon. <laughs>
3: I don't think that would explode like fireworks. Uh, you haven't had my Maybe. salmon.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably not. And I don't know how much uh, robots would want to eat salmon. So, no. Yeah. No, it's it's the liquid oxygen that they stole from Huntsville, mm-hmm. Alabama, for some reason. Well, that's John's.
1: Let's see. Matt? Yeah, this one was more than what I was expecting. You know, after the last few stories that we've gone through. This one is like when stuff starts to gel, and, and you're getting all the bits and the pieces are kind of coming together, mm-hmm. at least to move things forward. And I really like that because one, you know, you got to see the III again, and you know, uh, what's his name in this head Walter of Barnett? Yeah, Walter. We got you know, so you see him coming around. They're tying back to older stories in here. Granted, they were like a few issues ago, but they're still coming back to those as well. And then you got everything else going on with, you know, Buster's back again. It's like, oh, yeah, Buster's back. Let's have some Mm -hmm. fun, you know. Even though we saw him in the car wash of doo, doo." It was still cool to see him here and, you know, just, you know, him moping around like, man, I could have been with the Autobots. No, I got to sit around here and go to school. Blah, 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 blah. But I liked it. I think there was some good. Story building that's going on in this issue.
0: There are there was quite a bit of story building going on. Let's let's see what Maggie has to add.
3: Well, my my first thing, actually, I want to point out that I love that both you and Pat refer to it as the I, I, I because even my brain is too lazy. So as I was reading it, I was referring to it as triple I because <laughs> I, I saying I I I even in my own head, I'm like, no, I'm not. It's going to take forever to read this. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but my first thing is actually a question so on the this is page one yes that i'm looking at here so middle panel they list page two two. okay another decepticon quintet it says hook scrapper long haul scavenger and bone crusher arrives but then three panels later they refer to someone named blitzwing
2: that's blitzwing
3: yeah but they didn't mention him previously no because he
2: wasn't there he's flying oh
3: i get so used to them like They'll say the names of the Transformers like in, in a in a box, like a text box, and then the Transformers themselves will all refer to each other by those names, so we kind of know which one's which, and that really threw me. I was like, well, wait a minute, like, where's Blitzwing coming in? Okay, good. Then I'm glad, well, I guess I'm not glad, because I was just confused, and I shouldn't have been confused, but <laughs> there's a lot going on here at the beginning. Also, shout out to Atlanta, Georgia, because that's where my dad lives.
2: Mixmaster is missing. From the Constructor Cons, it must have been his day off.
0: Well, that and it didn't look like they were really mixing much of anything, did it? it just looked yeah. like they were stealing rebar. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's, it looks like they were stealing steel girders. Yeah. So if you're keeping track, they're stealing liquid oxygen and they're mm-hmm. stealing steel girders.
3: I haven't seen
1: why that. No, Pat. No, you know that's, that's again. That's the hear. thing I'm saying. You know, it's that story building. It's like, well, why are they taking this stuff? And why? We don't... Why are
3: yeah. they taking
1: this
0: stuff?
3: Why, yeah. indeed, that is mm-hmm. the question.
0: That is a good question. One I would stick a pin in. I'm pretty sure we're going to get an answer to it. Let's start the second round, John. I know you have more notes
2: on that page. There, there's a an interesting bit. It's a an error in the original print that they correct in the trade. Uh Hook refers to a scrap or scavenger as scrapper. He says keep piling those girders on long haul, scrapper in the original one, but in the trade they correct it to scavenger. Interesting.
3: Yep. Well, all right then.
0: Well, that was interesting, but surely yes. we have something else.
3: <laughs> I do.
2: I just wanted to wait till we get to it here. Well, I guess moving on into the next one here where we get III, I, I, which <laughs> is that the same amount easier of ser- to say
3: triple i <laughs> than okay. I, I, I
2: I got you but <laughs> here's something that always bugged me as a kid as a kid i never liked that iii always I, I, or rat whichever one always managed to to <laughs>
0: What so what goes around, comes around.
3: Oh, yeah. I can't yeah. read it without thinking of some song.
0: Love will find a way, just give yeah. Had to but at now, that point. I mean, the rap was out, out the out. bag.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: Well, with I, I,
2: I, I, I think I'm just thinking Ozzy. I uh, yeah.
3: oh, <laughs> yeah. train locomotive because
2: megatron is or um grimlock as we yeah
3: he's kind so,
2: Grimlock is
1: great cray
0: train that's true oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> we are off the rails <laughs> here <seriously. laughs> we, 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 we are off the rails john's getting us we, back on though the rails i get it because train anyway no, um no <laughs> no
2: <laughs> back on uh what always but it always bugged me that um The Autobots always got the worst end of the deal. Whenever any confrontation on that, it adds to better drama in terms of this anyway. But what always bugged me, and it finally hits a head here to the point where they resolve it. And I know it's meant to depict like military obstinance, but why is I.I.I. so, so willfully ignorant about the fact that there are two feuding factions here because every time they encounter them they're fighting they have seen them on three separate occasions show up the two times they managed two of the times they managed to capture people is in the wake of a battle between the two of them so and this is the whole and they're Forsyth guys they're like they said well they're telling me that they're that there's that they're not the Decepticons, that there's two different factions. They go, well, obviously they're lying. Go back. And I, yeah. and I I get why, you know, just it's supposed to be, well, they're Forsyth is the bad one and Barnett's the one who comes to his senses and the doors and that's mm-hmm. fine. But it's it's always something that I have to just kind of shake my head and chuckle at even today. It's
0: well, like, sometimes, you know, it's, I wouldn't say this is just limited to government. You know, sometimes it's just limited to are not limited. Sometimes that's all inclusive of either bad bosses or non creative thinkers. Like if you only have a hammer, every solution looks sure. like a nail, right? Yep. And mm-hmm. Forsyth of nothing else seemed like a hammer, no matter how velvet a hammer he, he was. He thought that he was an actual hammer. So he just saw this one problem. And heck, I mean, I even, I smiled and just rolled my eyes when Walter Barnett went transformed all the Throttlebots and was talking to Goldbug and he says to Goldbug this premise that you robots are divided into two warring camps is unacceptable to us Goldbug. <laughs> to which Goldbug's like uh okay.
4: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like, gonna be
1: unacceptable as all you want dude
0: but yeah. it sucks
4: like to suck, suck I guess. I,
1: I Goldbug's <laughs> like you know if you look closely I got a different symbol on me. Those guys got a different symbol on them.
0: Yeah. It just And for whatever reason, uh, Forsyth was kind of stuck how Circuit Breaker was back in the day, right? Only good mm-hmm. robots a dead robot.
1: Yeah. Did
0: not want to discriminate between the warring factions. Just assumed that both of them had ill intent. Right. And with Circuit Breaker, it made more
2: sense to me because she got um paralyzed by by them she doesn't care that there's good guys and bad guys she just knows they're fighting and hurting people and that's what she's reacting to plus she
3: maybe she had a few circuits loose i believe so
2: (laughs) broken if you will it it wasn't enough to take away from my enjoyment of it it, obviously but it's always it's just a plot thing that i'm glad that it's finally done they if 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 after this they still insist that there aren't you know there
0: are two warring factions, well, then then, then that's silly. <laughs> I mean, heck, at the end of the book, or close to the end of the book, the Predacons completely ransacked I.I.I. I, I just to check to see, like, wait, are these robots? Found the robots, ripped them apart, just to see whether or not they were truly Autobots and whether they were dead. So, yeah, and they weren't nice about it. Pat, you like you have something to add. Go for it, man. Um,
1: I liked the action in this as we get to that part, where the Predacons come in and they start tearing up things and then they start chasing down Buster everywhere uh the action in the mall I think was really good and and you got some really neat panels one of them that really stands out to me is it's like that that widescreen view of all the Predacons just coming you know kind of charging at you I thought is really cool to see that happening and I'm like man these guys are really cool looking you know robots that I w- I want to get.
0: Yeah. Like I, I, I don't know if that whole thing was just a setup for you lobbying no.
1: for, for No, again. no, no. It was actually I thought that <laughs> was really cool. Okay. But it, yeah, but you know, people want to take it that way. I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> the
2: predicons are pretty slick. Yeah.
1: The, the predicons are I pretty slick. Me, plus plus you get action from Ratbat. Yeah. You get more action in this one than he was in the car wash of Doom, I feel.
0: Well, he had some action in the car wash of Doom and heck. I, I really liked that part of it. Boy, Ratbat was, you know, cold, calculated fuel accounts about his, about his business and he was like, wait a minute. I remember you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like, you cost me my fuel. That was a big fuel expenditure, and it made me look bad. I am going to kill you. Like, oh, I, lo- I, I love the angry Bat. I really yeah. did. That was a good scene.
3: Doesn't he actually tell Buster he's going to drink his fuel with a steel straw? Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. Oh, like, that's pretty that, that's hardcore. That was pretty
2: great. In that scene, Bat winds up looking pathetic and terrifying at the same time when he's squished by that door. Mm -hmm. And he's coming, you know, and he's sitting there and he looks like so almost silly, but his response and he's like, I will suck out your fuel with a straw. And it's
0: like, ah, I got to run. But I mean, like as we found out, he recovered nicely, but we won't get to that yet. Let's let's see. Let me go to this one.
1: Speaking about that door, you know, how many times have you gone? Do you remember, you know, back in the day when we went to the mall to go and do things? And it was like, you man, I got to get this thing. It just came out today. And then you run to the mall and I was like, that stupid gate's there. Cause yep. either you didn't get there in time or it's starting to clean. You're like, no.
3: Yeah,
1: like, <laughs> yeah. If you see that
0: thing, it's, if it's about 25% of the way down, it's like, you better get in there and you buy gotta, your stuff and get
1: out quickly. Got a limbo underneath it and get, yeah. <laughs> cause then the the workers are all giving you the stink eye. Cause you're like, Heck yeah, they're trying to get a call on cash register already. Where
3: I got to say though. Going to a mall to find batteries is like going to the county fair because you're hungry, and that's <laughs> that's a callback to Batman and Superman yes. when they're hungry and they go to the county fair to get dinner. And I'm like, so there's no gas stations in Oregon <laughs> where you can buy batteries. Or were things different then there, you, <laughs> and you couldn't find batteries. It was easier, mall? It
2: was easier to find batteries back then. That, yeah, I mean there were Radio Shacks, you know, strip malls, that or there, radio but. Sheds radio yeah. sheds, you know, in the mall, but that's, I'll get to that, um, in a bit, but they're as delightful as this issue is, there's a point when they turn on a switch where everything is rather contrived a couple of times. It's, the, the, it's meant to, well, I'm going to do this thing that doesn't seem to make sense. I Anton Chekhov and putting this gun down, you know, that kind of thing. And so the whole idea of, well, they go to a mall because they have to be in the mall Because a fight scene in the mall would look really super cool as it does.
3: And it does. Like when the one like breaks through the pet store and he's like, is it the rhino? I don't know. I'm not gonna pretend to know any of the names. I think think the the rhino is
0: named Rampage. Rampage. The
3: rhino is rampage, and he goes through a pet store and there's like all these dogs and a cat, and he almost looks like he's smiling, and the dogs are like, This is great.
0: (laughs) I might be wrong on that. The rhino may not be named Rampage. Um, Well,
3: there's there's Tantrum. Tant- tantrum is that the rhino? No, nope, that's the bull. The bull's bull bull tantrum. Yes, yeah, see? see? Who knows? Nobody I know.
0: knows. I know razor claw and
3: razor claw. I'm, look-
0: I'm looking it up. Okay. Keep talking.
3: <laughs> um. So it's well, cool. <laughs> it's a it's a fun place to have this all kind of happen because it adds to like this feeling of chaos, right? Because there's stuff to break, and they break that, and there's people to scare, and they scare well, them. T-
2: I want to make sure before we get too far towards the end of the thing that we do not skip over the bit we've skipped over, which is involves the fact that Barnett is apparently an expert mechanical engineer, like Reed Richards-level mechanical engineer, who's able to work with alien tech and interface them with a toy to an extent that is He's able to single handedly go in there, take the brain modules out of Autobots, put them into a remote control car, figure out where the optic sensors on the brain are, and then attach that to the lights and it works. <laughs> that is incredible.
3: See, I <laughs> thought that was actually fairly ingenious, personally. I thought that was actually kind of Well, of course it's
2: ingenious. It would, there's no possible way to do that, and yet
3: he
0: was <laughs> able to, so that is something. Well, John, clearly there was a way to do it because he did it. Duh.
2: He did it. Well,
0: if we're in a universe where RC cars
2: run on D batteries, I think we, uh, we could <laughs> accept anything. I was, I'm like,
3: wait a minute. I don't think the same batteries that run that weird boombox... Insist on carrying around with them would
2: fit in a little RC well, car. Well, it's I haven't seen a boombox like that before because I've had a lot of boomboxes and none of them had the um, batteries come out button right next to the eject <laughs> the tape yeah. button.
1: Which is <laughs> wrong one? Oh, damn!
3: And he doesn't even know how to use the thing. But he brings it into the mall and I'm like, are they in like the shady side of town? Like <laughs> and that's why he feels like he has to bring his radio into the mall with them?
1: That was one of the contrived things I was talking about. Uh, he had I to just, bring maybe it, he so. was waiting for his song to come <laughs> on and he had a tape deck ready and he's like, I'm waiting for this song to come oh, on. Maybe that, he had just just into radio. Does, you know, you know how long I had to wait to
2: get We Are the World on tape? Because every okay. time I like it came on and I wanted to do it, the radio DJ had to do his bit introducing it over the music. And I don't want to hear the radio DJ. I want hey, to hear the hey, hey guys. To get that trumpet
0: before Lionel <laughs> hey, hey, Richie's voice. Hey, hey guys, you yeah. want to talk some Transformers maybe? Yeah. maybe. Why?
3: Did you <laughs> the name hey. of the pedicons?
0: Yeah, I did. The uh, yeah. Bull's name was Headstrong. And I have to be pretty headstrong to keep you guys in line. Uh, do, is, is there anything else that anyone wants to bring up about this book?
3: I think the art is spectacular. <laughs>
0: throughout uh i think this is the second issue uh done by jose Delbo. yes yeah, uh one. yes he has uh, come in uh for don perlin and filled in quite admirably i think uh he has done he does well drawing humans he draws, does well drawn robots too and mm-hmm. doesn't look like i mean i can't speak for the future uh because my memory isn't that good but um It doesn't look like he's taking any breaks. You know what I'm saying? So I give him a lot of credit for that. A lot of credit goes to Jose Delbo uh, along with uh, Aiken and Garvey uh, for uh, what they've done. Uh, John, were you going to say something?
2: Yeah, Delbo is my favorite penciler in the Budiansky era. Like, hands down. He gets especially – he isn't even as good as he's going to get. Even by next issue, there's even more – more detail and things that he starts putting cool. in. And I think, as I mentioned before, by issue 41, he has to draw every Transformer that was available in the comic at that point. Don't
0: it, don't, don't give it
2: away. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying why. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's true. You, you didn't. Nobody mentioned Spike. I was saving oh, yeah.
3: that.
1: Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah, I, no, figured you'd, I figured you'd
2: ask, so.
3: Well,
1: you know, well, I know Spike from the cartoon, but it's like, did they ever mention in the earlier issues about Spike? Was nope. the, the brother? Nope. Nope. So, in
2: fact, so what, uh,
1: Sparkplug kept a secret from...
3: Yeah.
2: They kept I a secret the from thing. themselves, it seemed, because earlier at one point, uh, Sparkplug refers to Buster as "Your are all I got. Yeah. Indicating, you know, it's... There's a reason... Um, I will not spoil why. Okay. There's a reason that they have to have Spike in it now. Uh, the reason that there is Buster and Spike is a because of a miscommunication. And I'm not, I don't know, remember the details of it, but apparently the character was supposed to be named Butch. And mm-hmm. apparently the cartoon people somehow telephoned that into Spike and the comic book people telephoned that into Buster. Uh-huh. So it winds up being, it's supposed to be the same character you know as as much as that is they have, they're different but it's supposed to be Spike and or Sparkplug and his son are the two humans they interact with and in this he was Buster but for a reason that you will that will become clear next issue which i can go into more detail of why they had to add Spike okay. but there is a reason behind it
3: i wonder maybe that's why Sparkplug is so like against Buster you know, doing well and just generally going to school is because his oldest son abandoned him for college on the East Coast. Massive chip on his shoulder. <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, all the way on the East Coast. I mean, that's literally the other side of the nation. And mm-hmm. the United States is not small.
2: No, that's true. He does do the thing
0: where he seems to be
2: happy that the, the, Instead
3: of going to school, he goes off to deal with the Autobots. The first, and spark plug fine with that. First,
2: well, yeah, the spark plug goes out of his way to discourage him from doing it. You put those books down and you go make out with Jesse and yes. bring your
3: friend O. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I'm so glad he didn't come back.
0: <laughs> uh, Miss O, yeah, you you leave O alone, Maggie. Uh, Pat, do you have anything else? Uh,
1: no, that was it. I just I was like, wait a minute, what's going on here with this Spike?
0: I mean, he was, I, I was perfectly willing to let it pass, but yeah, they did mention Spike, uh, and said, yep, you got an older brother and he's coming back. And I mean, for all we knew, it was a throwaway line, right? I mean, Spike. Okay. He's got a brother Spike. Cool word. Maybe, maybe not. But as John already said, looks like there's going to be something else to it and poor spark plug, right? Like, I mean, my dude had a heart attack earlier on in issue three, and then, like, the Predacons and Ratbat just came in and ransacked this place. I mean, that was unnecessary, too. They didn't even need to do it. They, they just did it anyway. Like, you know, like, we're we're bigger than you, so we're just going to destroy
2: your shop. <laughs> they you know? didn't even need to stop there. <laughs> you know, he was tracking. They tracked him there, but then we're easily able to track them past, right. you know, so they didn't need to.
3: And I love it because Ratbat says it like, well, let me rephrase the question by just utterly destroying all of your personal property.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, Decepticons, they were on a mat on the entire issue. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. uh, bots on a mission for certain. So we have talked spike. We talked spark plug. We talked a little bit about the action that's going on. Um, and then I think the only thing that might be worth mentioning would be that ending. I thought the ending was, yeah. I mean, that's the that might be an all is lost moment. But before that, all is lost moment looks like Goldbug sent out a signal. Mm-hmm. Does anybody yeah, remember yeah. why that's important? Because mm-hmm. we already saw
2: them receive the same signal in issue four of Headmaster. Ah. Even though he said that they sent it to Cybertron, it managed to get to Nebulous, But we. But they got it, so
1: that's... Well, I think it wasn't didn't in that issue they were actually intercepting it or something like that.
0: You know, it could be. Uh, I'm, I'm going to um, assume yeah. that. Yeah, yes. yeah because uh, the people of Nebulos still did have a connection back to Cybertron.
1: That's so. true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, yeah, looks, we're going to get some headmasters. Yeah, yeah looks this is, looks like... With that crazy old fine. guy. With that crazy old guy. Lord
0: Zarek oh, was Zarek. his name. Yeah. Looks like things are starting to tie in, but did anyone uh, have any thoughts about that ending that I haven't uh, talked about? I'll just real quick pass around, Pat. Whoa, oh, sorry. Oh, Wait, no, Maggie, go ahead.
3: Oh, no, I was just going to say, one of the things, like, kind of looking towards the future is now that that Foresight guy does seem to understand that there are two warring factions within the Transformers, I kind of wonder what that might mean for, like, the future of I, I, I and Rat, you know, if that's going to because he's in a position of power, like, is that going to change anything or is it just going to be same old, same old?
1: Yeah, it's just going to go around and around.
3: Yeah. Like, I don't know if he because he does have that moment of clarity where he's like, oh, he was right. And I just didn't want to see it. And now he has seen it. Like, you'd think that perhaps he could do something with this newfound information. Mm-hmm. You think?
0: Okay. Maybe. But mm-hmm. John,
2: you got any last thoughts? Couple things first. <laughs> what does Bob Budiansky have against Bumblebee Goldbug? I gotta know. This is like the third time. First, he gets shot in the first issue, mm. then he um, gets scraplets, and now he gets his brain taken out and put into a toy car, which then gets crushed by a Rat Bat. Oh, before not to mention before that, getting blown up by the G.I. Joes so that he had to be turned into Goldbug in the first place.
3: He's going through mm-hmm. a lot,
2: but. We never see the throttle bots af- again after this. I mentioned that just because nobody cares about throttle bots that aren't Goldbug. But so does that mean they just ran out of batteries and died? Or
0: you know, I'm le- gonna- let's let's assume a happy tale for them that yeah, eventually found them. Somebody okay. went to the mall, recovered them. They. Got their bodies back. They just never came back on screen again. That's (laughs) a happier I mean, That's true. Do
3: we just never see the rest of the little mini ones?
2: No, there are too many new Transformers to introduce to uh, be bothered by little ones that nobody cares about.
3: I kind of like the idea that I called them the itty bitty bots. And I kind (laughs) of liked the idea that they talked like the chipmunks when they were in their little Formula One RC cars. (laughs) Because they're little.
0: Maggie, any other parting thoughts before uh, I move us on?
3: I feel like I've said more than enough, so I think
1: I'm good. Okay. Pat? Yeah, it's interesting to see what happened to Bumblebee or what Goldbug or whatever his name is. But I did like in this issue, he spoke up a lot more. You know, he seemed to be a little more uh, assertive or just a little more commanding, which I kind of liked.
0: Yeah, I think there's just something about Goldbug that people like, and I guess Bob liked him. And that, like, extended all the way into, heck, Bumblebee has had a feature-length movie now, right? So, I mean, the guy has uh, some some legs as far as his popularity goes. Yeah. So, I, I guess think there's just- some appeal to
1: him. I think just because he crushed it doesn't mean that the little brain is not still connected to the battery. No, he's dead forever. What? <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> well maybe
4: I, I, mean, I mean we, right. we don't know I,
0: I what we can say is that it doesn't look good for him right now right
1: like, no it doesn't the,
0: no it doesn't like where is where that's going to lead <laughs> i think that's something that we might be talking about in later issues is, about go? is
1: buster gonna go into him and buster gonna combine like buster did before oh buster you mean still like, got some
0: power um nope don't think so I think i Prime took it all back Hmm. We'll see where it goes. We're only at 37 out of 80. That's almost half, literally. So, I mean, we got a few more issues to figure out what's the fate of Bumblebee, what's the fate of Buster, whether or not we see Buster again or not. We're going to find all this out pretty soon. But for now... now Now's the time for us to talk about who had the touch, where we talk about which character in the book stood out the most. Autobot, Decepticon, or Human John. I will go with Buster, don't call me Spike
2: or Butch Wiki, (laughs) um, who is yet again as resourceful as possible, gets himself out of the very dangerous situation, and at the end belies my earlier comments about Barnett being the greatest mechanical engineer in the world by uh, repairing a freaking alien transceiver just by the instructions of a toy car that's talking to him. So... (laughs) Uh, that's good. Good thing that. Uh, good thing Grimlock and those guys left it behind. Yeah, so handy. You, you would have thought that would be something that you know at least Wheeljack would have picked up, but maybe they had a
0: redundant one. It's possible they also had a redundant one. Maggie, who had the touch?
3: I'm going to give it to Barnett. He was really a hero in this one. Mm-hmm. He um has been like he he's a friend to the Autobots. And he rescued all six of the ones that had been caught and helped them out. And I thought he was very brave. Um, yeah, I was. I'm going to give it to him. Pat,
1: uh, who had the to touch? I'm going to go with Ratbat on this one. He definitely had a plan, and he was going overboard on it. Um, you know, he, like I said, messed up the garage. He messed up the mall. Wherever he was, he was in control, and he was making sure people knew what was happening.
0: I'm with you. I think Ratbat had the touch. Um, And keep in mind, like, until, I mean, Shockwave's still kind of around. He didn't die or anything. But, Mm -hmm. like, it seems like the leader of the Decepticons right now, the person who's been in the forefront has been Ratbat. And Ratbat, I mean, his main function is fuel auditor. So, I would keep that in mind. Something about the plan of... Uh, let's see, they stole some liquid oxygen and then they stole a bunch of steel girders. Maybe this has something to do with Ratbat. Maybe there's a plan in play. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. But I mean, Ratbat, I like how, I mean, maybe it was a little bit of a fuel expenditure, but he was desperate to find out what happened to those Autobots. And he very officially got to the bottom of it. And even when he was knocked out of, commit, first he was, trapped by the door, but very quickly thought to transform into that into his tape mode and sneak around with Buster and then ambushed him at the last possible mm-hmm. second. I give him credit. Uh, Brat Bat was definitely on the case this issue. If we've talked about the touch, then somebody had to be out of touch. Talk about the character that was the worst in the book and should end up as mounds of cube scrap metal in a segment called Less Than Meets the Eye. Pat,
1: who was less than meets the eye? I'm gonna go with Forsyth or whatever his name is. I think he's less than meets the eye just because you know, like I think Ma- Megan mentioned earlier, it's like, come on, this is a government, don't you know what's going on here? You know,
0: yeah, I wasn't impressed with Forsyth, and he came across as a very weak leader who did that show of strength that's like, we have to destroy them so we can look strong. It's like, no, mm-hmm. you don't have to, that was a choice. Uh, if I had to choose, mine's a little bit sneaky. Mine is Razorclaw of the Predacons. And it's only because he literally came out and was like, yeah, we needed to make sure our enemies were dead because we're the bad guys and they're the good guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like- <laughs> did no. you get that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like dude you, you're, you're ruining the whole gig like the Decepticons have kind of especially Megatron right. Megatron was very very hip to this it's like oh I can use this and they're going to think we're all bad then we're going to continue to do bad stuff and we'll leave the Autobots to continue to be hung out the dry but Razorclaw didn't quite pick up on that subtlety and he <laughs> may have given up a very important chip or the Decepticons. Mm-hmm. Um, Maggie, who was less than meets the eye?
3: I'm going to go, I agree with Pat. I was going to give it to Forsyth because he, not only, you know, the the show of strength, quote unquote, shall we call it, um, was just you know, entirely unnecessary and ultimately very cruel, especially considering earlier um, Goldbug had said that they've been drained of all their fuel they took them apart and then put them back together again, which is a little bit of body horror when you're talking about sapient beings. Um, He also, earlier on, played right into the Decepticons' hands. And I think it was Barnett who warned him. And he's like, no, this is exactly what they want. Because if they do one more attack and you've made this announcement that, you know, because of this robot terrorism, you're going to kill the ones that we have in captivity, they're obviously going to take advantage of this and they're going to do something to force you to do that. And he played right into it. Um, You know, at least he did have that turnabout at the very end, but we have yet to see if it's, you know, too little too late or if anything at all is even going to become of that. So I give it I give it to Forsyth as well.
0: Nice.
2: That leaves you, John. This isn't my um, answer, but just to tag on to what you guys have been saying about Forsyth. It just occurred to me that Forsyth acts as a great parallel to Grimlock in Mm. terms of bad leadership. Or in terms of he regards displays of strength as being the most important or possibly the only thing you have to do to lead. Interesting point. And both of them, uh, well, at least Forsyth is shown to suffer because of it. It remains to be seen how Grimlocks is going to turn out. Mm. But mm-hmm. I think that that's, uh, uh, even if I'm, even if Bob Budiansky didn't plan it that way, Bob, if you're listening to this for some reason, you can pretend that you, you were <laughs> and, and I won't tell. <laughs> but anyway my choice is the same as pretty much every time they appear in the uh, transformers comic which is not only Razorclaw, but the other four predacons because in this corner we have the predacons according to all of the descriptions the best hunters the greatest uh, war some of the greatest decepticon warriors we've ever seen people that were brought to uh, to Earth with the intent to destroy Megatron. Who, and in this corner we have a bunch of RC cars with robot brains in them.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, two of them are cats, and I think if they had the opportunity to chase, you know, like a laser kind of a thing, a maybe they got a little distracted by ooh, a toy. See <laughs> what I was
0: what I was gonna say is they're good hunters, John. They're not good catchers.
3: <laughs> <laughs> like a dog going after a car you don't it know just, what you're gonna do if you catch it
2: it reminded me and again it, it this does not uh did not take away from my um, enjoyment of this but it it just in the series of very contrived events that had to happen to plot along the whole idea of it reminded me of the there's a youtube uh show called pitch meeting where they do parodies of, a, of what a pitch meeting to point out of silly things about movies and they were talking about the show obi-wan kenobi in which there is a sequence in which a young leia uh is being pursued by a bunch of uh kidnappers and she makes them all look wacky and silly by um running through the woods and suddenly they're all keystone cops and hitting their he- heads and the joke in there was is this a cartoon sir sometimes <laughs> so it's just occasionally that's everything is going and now it's a cartoon, and they're going to slip around and slip and lose, but it's the Predacons. Can't they just win once?
3: I mean, one of them is foiled by a curtain.
2: One of them is foiled by a curtain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, um, yeah. It's foiled good. by
0: water.
3: Yeah, the other one, they're, like, slips in a puddle. <laughs> you can't yeah, recover they're, from that. <laughs>
0: they're, they're, they're good hunters. No one said anything about being good gatherers. <laughs> <laughs> And now is the time for overall ratings for the book. Tech Specs of all y'all, 1 to 10, 1 low, 10 high. Eh, Who don't want to pick first? I'll pick myself. Why not? This book was, I thought it was good, like surprisingly good. I like being surprised. I had no expectations for the book. I, I could not remember exactly what went on in this issue. And so reading it along with the cliffhanger, I was super, super impressed. Good artwork, good action, a. Very good storyline continues with some threads getting connected to where you're seeing that some of these things are starting to make sense. I'm at a nine. I think it was very, very, very good.
1: That's why I'll stand
0: with it. Pat, where were you standing?
1: I think you said it. everything I would say, Delvin. I'm at a nine as well, too. Um, very action-packed. I wasn't expecting much in this issue, and it definitely delivered. Sweet. Maggie?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll join in on the, the all nines club. I think, I think nine is, is a very deserved, well deserved, um, ranking for this book. I enjoyed it. Again, art was great. Action was great. It was a fun read. I enjoyed it. So I, I feel like a nine is a very fair ranking.
0: John, wrap us up. When I was a
2: kid, I absolutely hated this issue. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, this sort, these sort of wacky, cartoony shenanigans might have been enough for for me back when I was ten, but I was thirteen when this <laughs> came out, and I was way too mature for any sort of shenanigans like this. Mm-hmm. And I was actually approaching the time when I put when I um stopped collecting Transformers for a little while because I'd moved on to other superhero comics by that. Uh but so I was completely expecting uh, to be to go full out on how terrible this one was, and I was pleasantly surprised by how much i enjoyed this and i'm i'm with all of you this gets a nine.
3: Yay! this is
2: this was a lot of fun mm. this is a um a great issue of it's wrapping up so much it's la- wrapping up all the loose ends from the old story as well as moving it into the next story uh, a lot of things uh they lay a lot of seeds which are all Uh, picked up on Uh, all of the questions that you have that we have of why are they doing that what do they need this stuff for becomes Mm -hmm. very clear within a few issues yeah so it's this is fun
0: this was fun i'm glad we got to read it absolutely like what are the decepticons planning clearly it's something is spike going to play a role i mean they brought him up looks like something's going to happen there too like what's going to happen to goldbug and buster now and uh, not a rat bat knows that a communication is going on. How's this going to unfold? How the headmaster is going to play a part in it? We don't know yet. Is,
1: is O a brother of Buster as well? <laughs> yes. too, that We um, don't know. Only in a- our hearts.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a brother. Um, but off panel, we, we never get to it on panel. Oh. We can and never will leave you without John's segment of the show called Transformer Spotlight where he discusses a particular Transformer that was featured in today's issue. All yours, Sean. Tonight we are talking about Rampage.
2: Uh, here is what you would read on the back of Rampage's box if you were lucky enough, like Pat has not been up to this point, to receive a Rampage toy. Maybe. Uh, Rampage's motto is, Those who conquer, act. Those who are conquered, Think. think the man has a future in uh, running for the Senate in Georgia with such great things like that. Anywho, uh, barrels through life with an uncontrolled fury. Has difficult talking coherently for more than a few seconds before violently lashing out at anything near him, friend or foe. TV calms him. (laughs) Stares at rock music videos for hours. As Tiger can leap 300 feet in height, 500 feet in length, A kick from his foreleg can crumble a cinder block. As Robot, carries 60,000 volt lightning rifle, 5,000 degrees Fahrenheit thermosword, and combines with fellow Predacons to form Predaking. However, you put a little bit of water on the ground. That's going to take right off. uh, His strength is 8. His intelligence is 3. His speed is 5. His endurance is 6. His rank is five. His courage is nine. His inte- firepower is nine. And his skill is six. Uh, for the As far as the Predacons go, I think this is their most prominent issue that wasn't uh, 25 when they fought uh, Megatron. Then they get their second shot here. They do show up again throughout here and there. I don't think they get to be Predaking anymore. So this is kind of their last hurrah here. Uh, on the cartoon... They are on it quite a bit. uh, Usually, winding up um, on opposite ends of the ring from our our spotlight last month, Skylinks, and those two fight, and so uh, in which Predaking usually winds up on the um, wrong side of that one too. So at least it's consistent. And uh, that is
0: Rampage. Back to you, Delvin. And now we go to a promo break.
1: The Transformers will return after these messages. Between the golden age of Atlantis and the rise of recorded history, there were ages undreamed of. Hither came heroes and villains possessing swords
2: and magic, whose deeds became tales and legends. I have come to relate these sagas. Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. Days of High Adventure, a new podcast discussing a variety of comics that fall into the fantasy or sword and sorcery genre. Available on most podcast services and Anchor FM.
0: We
1: now return to the Transformers.
0: And that's the show, everybody. Please come back and join us for the next episode where we discuss Transformers issue 38, where the homework we did a few episodes back pays off. The Headmasters make it to planet Earth. If you'd like to hear more from us, the Long Boss Crusade is in a lot of places. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Patreon. You look for Long Boss Crusade, you will find us. Patreon starts at $1 a month. That is a great deal because we give you stuff that's more than a dollar. YouTube, please subscribe to our channel. We have a Do a Live stream once a month. I have a New Warriors podcast there. uh, That's every second Tuesday of the month. And we drop new show content now um, for any number of our shows. So, please subscribe. We're looking for anyone uh, to uh, help us out there. And there's a voicemail. You can leave us voicemail comments on this show or any other show on the Long Box Crusade Network. 707-532-5269.
4: Hi, guys. This is Albert Elvis. Um, I just listened to the episode that had Bruticus and the uh, primary color cover. And great episode. Um, I know in this one, John had a real problem with the uh, origin of Bruticus and how he came from World War II vehicles that Starscream sort of made, and there was also a space shuttle in there. Well, since this is Marvel Comics, I have a no prize that will explain all of that. When Starscream was on that desert island, it was not an actual uh, island full of World War II vehicles. It was, in fact, an island owned by a movie production company that had gone out of business. So, yeah, there were lots of prop planes there, but there was also a prop space shuttle that they must have used from one of their movies about a space shuttle crash landing on an island. So that perfectly explains how Starscream would have created all of those planes and one of them would have been a space shuttle. So that's all for me. Thank you very much.
0: That's 707 532
4: Pat. Pick up the
0: phone. Thank you. You can email us at contact at longboxcrusade.com. And John and Maggie, you can tell us about your podcast and where you can be found on the internet
2: uh we are mwc podcasts uh we do all kinds of things mw stands c stands for whatever you want it to mean in your hearts okay. <laughs> i can be married with comics married watching cartoons <laughs> uh maggie wants cookies
3: yeah, yeah is
2: that's a good one mm-hmm. um we do all sorts of things lately we've been doing a lot of uh stuff for my college class that i'm taking and also i've been doing a uh Review of the first Dragonlance novel with John M. Wilson, Clinton Robinson, and Lane from Batman Books Dark Knight in prose. Uh, so, but stay tuned for the new year. We're going to have all sorts of fun new stuff going on there. So, just point your podcatcher to MWC Podcasts or anywhere or look anywhere where you found this lovely podcast you can find us there as far as social media goes that's kind of in a gray area right now uh, I by the time this gets out we will more than I will more than likely not be on Twitter anymore
3: and I already am and not Maggie on Twitter. is
2: already not on Twitter mm-hmm. anymore uh, as to where we'll be um, after that we'll just stay tuned in the next uh, couple months we'll let you know Uh, we we are on Facebook you can find us on the Married with Comics podcast Uh, you can find us there or send us an email at uh, MarriedWComics at gmail.com and we'll talk there thank you for that
0: John thanks Maggie
1: Pat where can you be found well Delvin I'm glad you asked you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos one where can you be found Delvin I can be found on Twitter at D E underscore rey one nine
0: seven seven. Thank you so much for listening. See you all next time. And remember, freedom is the right of all sentient beings to all are one. Are we doing it? Till all are one. Till all are one. Maggie, I didn't hear you.
3: Till
0: all are one. There we go. <laughs> you got the touch. You got the power. All songs, song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended, and it is for entertainment purposes only. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics.